A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and I'm hearing myself double. <laughs> Great. Um, it is so good to be here just before Yom Kippur, after Rosh Hashanah, to be able to talk to you and to share some thoughts on this very special time. Aseris Yemei Shuva, the 10 days of repentance, the 10 days of return, rather, the 10 days that we, that really, the 10 days of the year that we take introspection and reflection to a whole new level. And the question I'm often asked is, Rabbi, what am I actually supposed to think about when I'm reflecting? Okay, so I'll think about the fact that I'm human. Fine. I'm supposed to think about the fact that I'm imperfect. Fine. How long does it take to figure out that I'm imperfect? Now, the truth is, if you're a narcissist, then you'll never figure out that you're imperfect. <laughs> and if you're somewhat grounded in reality, you knew that already. So ultimately, what am I looking inwards and what am I trying to understand? What am I trying to figure out? What what narrative am I am I searching for within myself? And gosh, that's a question that has many many answers. But I want to take it in one direction this year, specifically in an area that we've addressed many many times. And yet, from all the topics I've ever brought onto the show, there's no question that this one evokes the most emotion and the most uh, interesting response. And that is to ask ourselves how we have treated others and how we have been treated by others to work on our interpersonal relationships, to work on our between one fellow and the other, to really work on our character. Obviously, there is two kinds of fundamental relationships that play out in a person of faith's life. That is, one is a relationship between them and their creator, and the other one is a relationship between themselves and everything around them, everything other than their creator. A relationship with the world, a relationship with human beings, a relationship with the environment, a relationship with pretty much everything other than the infinite God. And those two dynamics, those two relationships are extremely... Um, they're pretty much our whole life. At any moment in the day, you're interacting with either Hashem or with the world around you. And often you're doing both at the same time. Now, our relationship with Hashem, we try, we try to strive, we try to do better, but ultimately we know that God is forgiving. And that will show up on Yom Kippur and we're imperfect and He knows that and we know that and we'll negotiate, please God, a good year for us. The issue that often we neglect to talk about is the fact that that only solves maximum 50% of our issues. Because even if God wipes clean everything we did against him during the past year, and please God, he does, there's still a big lack. When Hashem says, hey, anything that you've done with somebody else, anything you've done with another being who you owe the request for forgiveness from. Mix me up. 
En Yom Kippur Mechaper. Yom Kippur does not atone for any sin between two of us, between two people. Hashem does not come and say, oh, wow, you offended that person, you hit that person, you you stole from that person, you, you were a bit immoral in business with that person. Yeah, clean slate. Uh-uh. Hashem says, you know what? You didn't keep Shabbos. You didn't necessarily keep kosher to the to the standard. Whatever it is, something that's between God and and the human being, and nobody else is involved. Okay, we could sort that out. But anything that involves another human being, Hashem says, I mix up. I can't forgive on that person's behalf. And if you think about it, it's much more than 50%. Because a huge percent of the mitzvot are interacting between us and human beings. And more hours of the day is us interacting with our fellow human beings rather than with God. Yes, when we learn Torah, when we daven, it's us and God. But every time I have a conversation, I gossip. Every time I am a bit unethical. Every time I don't live up to moral values in the way that affects my children, my family, the people around me, I am creating a hurt. I'm creating a tear between people. And all that stuff doesn't solve itself on Yom Kippur. And it's just amazing to me how each year you see people coming and, you know, really getting devout 25, 50 shiurim in the month leading up to Rosh Hashanah, which is stunning. Um, upgrading their standards of, of, of Yiddishkeit, davening with huge intent on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, swaying back and forth, they could almost knock their head on the wall. And yet, when you, when you ask them, so tell me in the last 30 days, 40 days, the month of Elul, the 10 days of Chava, how many things between you and other human beings have you solved? Like if you compare the time that you've invested between solving the stuff between you and God and solving the stuff between you and your fellow human beings, how do they compare? Hmm? Okay, fine. Even if it's 90-10, did you give 10% of your time to solving issues between you and your fellow human being? Did that? Did you take it with remotely the same seriousness as you did to Davin Amidah and Rosh Hashanah? Because if not, we're missing the point. It is much easier, let me say this on the record, it's much easier to be religious on things between us and God than it is to be religious on us between people. You know, often I'll ask somebody, you know, like if they want to put in tefillin, etc., and they'll say, Rabbi, I'm, a, I'm not religious in that way. I'm a kind person. I do all the mitzvah between people and people. And I'm like, wow, if you do that, you're really awesome. Because... It is so much harder to be a tzaddik, to be a righteous person in the area of ben adam between one person and another than to be between us and God. And believe me, to be us and God perfect is also impossible. I've met few, if any, people like that. But to be, to be righteous, to be holy, to be on a different level in the area of between one person and another person, that's incredible greatness. And how much have we focused now? Okay, fine, we're going to call our mother before Rosh Yom Kippur. I'm going to say, Ma, do you forgive me for anything stupid I said the past year? I'm so sorry. 
and and you know and hopefully you know the parent or the spouse is reasonable they'll forgive and it's all hunky dory everything's fantastic and we're clean really is that the way we show up to God instead of saying hey God you know let me just give you a 10 second call and say sorry for everything I didn't do this year I mean I don't even need two hours in a shul two hour limitation who needs two hours I'll show up for 10 seconds no many of us even if we stayed home we took Rosh Hashanah seriously, we gave it a serious amount of time. But how much of the time was allocated over the past many weeks to reflection on our us versus God religiosity? And how much was focused on us versus our fellow human being? Because let's be honest, it's much easier to focus on us between us and God. It's not really awkward, let's be honest, to sit and have a conversation with God once you get over that thing and you like, you realize everyone else is also closing their eyes, it doesn't take a lot of courage to daven, to say amida. But to call somebody up and sit there saying, hey, we've had issues, let's solve them. That takes huge courage. Tremendous courage. Do you have that courage? This is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shul on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Atzin, and I'm here. We're here on Yom Kippur just a few days before. And we're talking about the the absolute courage um, that one needs in order to show up and not just solve their stuff between them and their creator, but to solve their stuff between people and people. You know, a lot of us, we have a lot of wisdom when it comes to success, Faith, you know, we've lived a long time. We've wisdom of thousands of years, lots of accumulative wisdom. Our IQ is just fine, but then what about our EQ? Not in a way like, in other words, how intelligent are you, but rather, how's our interpersonal? If if we're honest with ourselves, most of the grief in our life doesn't even come from COVID. Obviously, there are those who suffered a huge amount from COVID, but if you think about your entire life. Most of the grief in a person's life, the pain, the hurt, the brokenness, comes from unhealthy dynamics and relationships. It comes with from interpersonal. A person who has a complicated relationship with a parent, with a spouse, with a child, with a sibling, with friends, a person who's insecure within themselves, ultimately, it's it's human interaction and human awareness that causes us so much grief. And yet many of us, you know, we, we don't exactly go to school to figure out how to manage the variety of relationships that we have. Think about it. You're born a child. No one ever tells you how, how to be a one-year-old, a two-year-old. Eventually your parents try to educate you how to be a six-year-old, how to be a 10-year-old. How to deal with parents, how to deal with, you know, parents who aren't perfect, all that kind of stuff you learn. Then you have siblings, and some people are lucky and their siblings are easygoing, and some people have siblings who are complicated, or they might, they're the complicated sibling. And then you have friendships and school dynamics, and just the amount of dynamics and different relationships that a person accumulates during their life, hopefully, unless, you know, they just, you know, they choose a life of absolute solitude or they destroy every relationship, it's an incredible amount. And yet many of us walk into many of these relationships without, you know, clueless. And 
by the time we wake up, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt between siblings. There's a lot of hurt in a marriage. There's a lot of hurt between adult children and their parents. There's just a lot of hurt. And it just becomes a pattern. Okay, that's the family style. That's the way things are. And the question is, yeah, obviously, if one or two of the people in the relationship are immovable, they're just, you know, rigid and closed to discussion, there's not much a person could do. But most people, in some way or another, do want to do better, they just don't know how. And sometimes it, it demands one of the people to show up and say, you know what, we could do better. We could do better. We can have a better relationship. We can do better. I'm not saying it always happened. I've had my own experiences with individuals where, you know, trying to negotiate a piece, it eventually became a cold piece, and that's fine. That's, you know, that's where the, the relationship was allowed to go based on the dynamics of the people in, in, you know, in the argument. A piece, but it was cold. But many times you saw something, and the piece is not only cold, the piece is warm. And you let bygones be bygones. You develop an empathy and understanding for another person. And now you develop a whole different relationship. But it demands so much humility on behalf of at least one person to show up and say, you know what? I, I actually don't want this to continue this way. I'm not comfortable in this relationship. I'm not comfortable with this amount of hurt. I'm not comfortable to live like this. And that's I don't only want to be pious in things that are between me and my creator in private, pious in my davening, my prayer, pious in my learning, pious in my kosher, pious in my Shabbat, pious in my fasting on Yom Kippur, etc. No, no, no. I want to be pious in my interactions with people. I don't want gray areas. I want to be able to be 100% ethical in my business dealings. And I want to ask forgiveness when I said something that might be misconstrued and the person got hurt, or if I actually intended it badly. We all have weak moments. We all say things in a moment of weakness that we wish we'd never said. And the question is, do we just become stubborn? Do we make believe as if we never said it? I was talking to somebody recently who was describing a relationship with a loved one in which the person you know, can say the most hurtful things and then move, move on and not ask sorry. It's like, okay, if you live with me and and you have me in your life, you just have to accept that once in a while I unload and I say the meanest things and then I go back to my cave and you just, you have to get over it just like I do. No, and that's not okay. It's not. It really isn't. I'm just a person who gossips or I'm just a person who who's tough. I'm just a person who gives attitude. No, like, what does that even mean? You're like, you were born that way? Um, you know, like, were any of us born in a certain way that, like, were just difficult? Yeah, there are some babies that are easier and not, to, and you know, and the babies that are harder. But ultimately, everybody has a need for warmth and a need to give warmth. It's a natural human condition. And this idea that's coming and saying, well, this is just the way I am. Take me or leave me. I'm just mean. I say I have a blunt mouth. I had one person tell me one time, says, listen, Rabbi, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And I'm like... Okay, and that is a fact, that's a choice, that's like, obviously there's certain emotions that we could wear on our sleeve, there's nothing wrong, but there are certain things that you can't wear on your sleeve, and not everything you think about has to go straight from the brain, and, you know, without a filter into the mouth, and not everything is appropriate to say at every time, and just saying, well, take it or leave it, that's just the way I am, I'm blunt, you could be blunt, but even bluntness has its limits, No. If ultimately we're here to to be right with other people, 
using expressions like, well, this is just the way I am. Take me or leave me. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in your face. Fine. There's nothing wrong with being a bit in a face. You know, each one of us has a different personality. Some are more outgoing. Some are more, you know, open with words. Some are less, but everything still comes with limits. This excuse that we often come with saying that just the way I am. I'm, you know, I'm hurtful, but you have to get over it because, you know, it wasn't personal. By the way, that, that expression, it wasn't personal. It's one of the dumbest expressions in the English language, in my humble opinion. Like, what does that mean? It's not personal. Then why did you say it? You know, I really don't hate, like hanging around you and like, I really don't enjoy your company, but don't take it personal. It's about me. Oh, it's about me. Ah, now I understand. Now I'm not taking it personal. Thanks for What does that even mean? Sometimes we just say such hurtful things to one another. And I'm not, you know, claiming innocence. I think we've all said, you know, we've all had things that we we make a mistake. But, like, at least be accountable. At least take accountability for something that you said, which was out of line. And, you know, and show up and sit there saying, sorry. And you know what? I'm going to do better next time. I'm not just going to say, that's the way I am. Every one of us has a filter. Someone walked over to me on Shabbos. He said something clever. He says, um, Rosh Hashanah, he says, Rabbi, you must love this. Finally, all your all your congregants have a muzzle on their mouth. <laughs> yeah, you know, put a muzzle on your mouth if you if if you can't get the words. You know, if the words are just flowing, put a mask on and talk less. And if the mask, you could still talk. Put on another mask and another mask. But like this idea, like it's just the way I am. I'll say what I want. No, our words matter. Our thing, our actions matter. And coming before Yom Kippur, it's important to focus on that and sit there saying, yeah. It matters. It's not a joke. And like sometimes we're so nonchalant and so forgiving of ourselves for doing things that has nothing to do with forgiving ourselves. We need to ask forgiveness from the other person. Yeah, whatever. That's just, yeah. take it or leave it. Or you know what, Rabbi? I pay your salary, so you're just going to have to deal with this. By the way, that was the... If you ever want to, you know, get to a rabbi and like really get under the skin, tell them that your 3,000 rand membership pays their salary and that's why it justifies you to do anything you want. And, and absolutely the rabbi will just take it with stride because it just makes so much sense. Or the person who like, you know, talks to any person, even if it's their own domestic, you know, what do you mean? I pay them a salary. And therefore what? That justifies what? It doesn't justify anything. Or we, we tell our spouse, you know, like often you see spouses talking to each other who have officially a decent marriage, just talk down to each other, talk condescending or patronizing it, just so, you know, what do you mean? Like that's, the, the person owes me this. What does that even mean? How is that even justifiable? Would love your thoughts on 34519, tweet at Chai FM. Just, you know, get the message across. Call, call in the station, send a message, send an email, levyafton at gmail.com. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton of Linksfield Shoal. This is a show just, just in the middle, almost, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, by the time we'll be here next week, it's already going to be after Yom Kippur. And what we've been talking about is the famous Mishnah, the famous statement of our sages that Yom Kippur atones for imperfections and mishaps that happen between the person and their creator.
but between one fellow and their other fellow, Yom Kippur doesn't get involved. And yet all too often we see people, you know, upgrading their piety during the season, the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur season, but the, they're upgrading very much their vertical relationship between them and their creator, but the horizontal relationship between them and their fellow human being is getting um, at most token, uh, you know, Facebook post. Hello, everybody. Do you forgive me? Yeah, you forgive me. Okay, thank you so much. Have a great one. Now I can walk in. Like We don't daven to Hashem that way when we're trying to solve our stuff with our creator. So why do we try to solve our interpersonal stuff? Now, of course, it's so much harder and it's awkward. There's no question it's awkward to deal with our stuff. It's awkward to call a person and to say sorry. It's awkward to tell a person, you know that you hurt me and I would really like to solve this. And we hate awkward. We really hate awkward. We'll do anything to avoid awkward. I mean, just think about the people who will just, they know that they need help. They know that they need therapy. But just that awkward feeling of sitting in front of a therapist and acknowledging that, oof, it's just like, oh, hell on earth. So I'll do anything just to avoid that awkwardness. Or I'll avoid an awkward conversation with my child, which I know I need to have. But no, it's just too painful. And here's the rule of thumb. Chances are, if it's uncomfortable, it's right. Not every time, but very often. And just because you know, that is part of you that says, saying, oh, it's awkward and I just don't want to do it. Well, that's where courage comes in. Courage demands that each and every one of us deal with the stuff that needs solving. That, that we don't walk into Yom Kippur with unfinished business. Again, not every single thing will end up with a perfect relationship. That idyllic imagination of what forgiveness is is not the real world. That suddenly like you walk out of a forgiveness and even if the person that you had an issue with is totally dysfunctional, you now have a beautiful, magnificent relationship. That, no, that's not, that's not, that's not an attainable goal. Until all human beings are perfect and beautiful and have the right intentions, that's not going to happen. But a cold peace is better than a hot war. Obviously, cold peace doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge one another, but like civility. Okay, you know what? We shouldn't really be spending too much time together. Our energies don't, don't fit. Fine. But at least let's appreciate that and just, you know, say, okay, just because our, our energies clash doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means we're not for each other. We're not supposed to be equally close to every person on this planet. It just doesn't work that way. You can't have seven billion relationships and each one of them equally close. It's impossible and it's, it's, and forget it, but not even seven billion. Even seven relationships. There's different relationships. There's a relationship you have with your spouse. There's a relationship you have with your parent. There's a relationship you have with a functional parent. And then there's a relationship you have with a dysfunctional parent. A relationship you have with a good and, you know, understanding sibling. And then a relationship that you have with an angry, uh, you know, bitter sibling. Whatever it is, but there could still be a core of appreciation of the other person's human dignity and civility, even in relationships that are never going to flourish and just be fantastic. And that narrative of forgiveness that everything's fantastic, I think scares a lot of people away from this whole thing. Really? Like I'm just supposed to, you know, just forgive and forget whatever that person ever did to me, the money they stole, this and that. No. Doesn't mean you suddenly become best friends. In the words of the Talmud, respect them and suspect them, but don't hold that anger don't avoid them. Don't avoid their simchas. Create a, a modus operandi, a way of operating 
that offers minimal hurt to you and maximum dignity to the both of you. Find a happy medium, even if it's not the happiest place on earth. All too often we choose zero or nothing. I know, like I have relatives, certain thing of a certain individual that the relationships are all or nothing. Either they're extremely close to you and like they're they, like you're their everything, or they have nothing to do with you and it's like cold turkey flat. So if they love one sibling, it's like in the, enmeshed in the sibling's life and like totally lack of boundaries. And the other person, it's like zero. They're both not healthy. Like they're both not, that's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, no relationship should be enmeshed. Even the closest relationship needs boundaries. But this idea of all or nothing, life is not like that. It's not like you're on, with on my team. Like, you know, it almost reminds me of the mafia. Like, I feel like, you're either with us or against us. You either are my team and we're best friends or you're not on my team and I don't even tell you you get Shabbos. That's like kindergarten stuff. And even kindergarten, it would be embarrassing. Like, what? Like, and I know people like that. I know adults like that. It's like, you're with me or against me. And like, if you're with me, I'm the warmest thing. If you're against me, I don't talk to you. What does that even mean? And why does that sound remotely moral? It's an immoral. It's totally immoral. It has no... No sense to it. It's not a, it's not a human perspective. It's not a Jewish perspective on relationships. There's different levels. And there's some people we are close to. And even then we need boundaries. And then there's other people that we create bigger boundaries, but there's still dignity. There's still dignity. This idea of like, nope, you're either on my team or you're not. And I either am fully involved in your life or I don't even call you once in 10 years to say hello and how's your family. Come on. That's baby issue. And that's being insulting to babies. This is 101.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul, the Fabringa Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 p.m. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Leesfield Show. This is the Fabringan with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. Rabbi Levi Avtson, 101.9 Chai FM, where we have to wrap up the show. There's a famous Mishnah in the Pirkei Avot and Ethics of Our Fathers that says, any argument that's for the sake of heaven will endure. And obviously the simple meaning of that is that like, you know, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that argument, an argument between two sages in the Talmud. It's an argument that goes through generations, but it comes from a place of beauty. But there's an, a more cynical reading that our sages give in that statement. And that is whenever we have an argument and we start playing morality in the argument that God's on my side, I'm fighting God's war. Like really, I have nothing against you, but God demands that, you know, and we play the self-righteous war, those arguments endure. They never last. They never end. Maybe some of us are not ready to forgive. Each and every one of us in our own stage. But one thing I think we could all walk into Yom Kippur and at least have this amount of honesty with ourselves. If you're having an argument with somebody and you're not talking to them, your sibling and whatever, and you think you're doing God's will, do yourself a favor and let go of that notion. Even if the argument continues, God does not like arguments. And we find so many things in the Talmud and in the Torah that Hashem, the famous story with the law of Sota, etc. Basically, it's about keeping a husband and wife together. That Hashem says, erase my name, which is one of the great prohibitions, as long as we can keep peace between a husband and wife. Maimonides talks about it. The Torah was given for us to make peace. If we're fighting with somebody and we're convinced it's God's will, 
do, do God a favor and mix him out. Because as long as God is the excuse that we're not talking to our sibling, what do you mean? I would love to, just the way, the way my siblings treated my parents or whatever, like it was so undignified. I, on behalf of my parents, I cannot forgive them. We're not God. Let's stop playing self-righteous. Fine. Maybe they were wrong. And maybe you don't have to become their best friend, but they're your sibling. What does that mean? You don't talk to your sibling. You don't sit shiva for your sibling. You don't go to your sibling's simchas. Like, what does that mean? And yes, they could have done the most hurtful thing. And yes, you have to protect yourself. But at least, at least keep God out of it. Stop blaming God for our own dysfunctions. Stop fighting righteous wars. You know what? Rather use God as an excuse for peace than use God for an excuse for war. In an extreme way, that's what terrorists do. They, they blame God for their nonsense. How could he do that? Hashem's a, Hashem is shalom. It's one of the names of Hashem. Peace. Forgiveness. It's the whole theme of Yom Kippur. So let's, let, let's let go. Let's just, at least, stop convincing ourselves that fighting is moral. If we were at least honest with ourselves that fighting is immoral, then maybe we would be able to solve stuff. But as long as we're still saying for 20 years I haven't spoken to my brother and I will never talk again because that's the right thing. No, no, it's not the right thing. Not definitely wrong. Definitely wrong. Now, deal with it. Maybe it'll take another 10 years. But the moment we let go of that notion that God wants us to be fireballed, <laughs> a lot of our issues will fall apart. God hates fireballs. And fireballs isn't Jewish. It might be what some Jews do, but it isn't Jewish. So my prayer for each and every one of us is as we enter Yom Kippur, we enter from a place of forgiveness, that our relationship with Hashem is wholesome once again, and that our relationship with all the people around us is wholesome as well. Because really, that's what it's all about, to make a better world of more love, more forgiveness, less hate and less bitterness. Finish off with a song, Adonai Slichot, God of Forgiveness, how appropriate to our theme, a beautiful Hasidic melody sung in a modern way by Idan Imadi. Have a great day.